0: Welcome to the commute home. This is Derek. This is Nick. Hey, you know what? You do the intro for once.
1: Fine, I'm going to do the intro. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Ready. Welcome to the commute home. This
0: is Derek. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I almost said this is Nick. Fuck. (laughs) 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 Fucking pros, man. (laughs) Fucking pros. (laughs) This is why we should coach high school football, goddammit.
1: That's fucking right, man. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Um, Let's try that again. Take two. Okay, ready? Yep. Welcome to the Camille Home. This is Nick. This is Derek. Do you want me to, like, talk from there? I mean... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> usually i do i know that's why i was like i figured
1: you would step in and like Boo!
0: it's the commute home with nick and derek this is nick from chicago's northwest suburbs our host chat about well you know whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about talk about some movies the work day is done time to grit your teeth get through the traffic and make the commute home hey don't honk
1: at me we got some breaking Hollywood news, Derek. What's going on? Warner Brothers has confirmed that James Gunn is in discussions to write with an eye to direct the next installment of Suicide Squad.
0: I saw this.
1: That, well, I think it's breaking. That came out today, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, after being fired from... Disney and, and Marvel, uh, James Gunn has said, okay, well, I'll go over to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is like, we need money, so you can do all of our shit. Uh, start with Suicide Squad, and from what I've read, it's it content- could potentially be a reboot, uh, not necessarily a sequel at this point.
0: You know, I wonder if Warner's is like, you know, you like making dirty jokes all the time. You'd be perfect for suicide squad, you know what? Maybe we'll even give you a joker movie too if you're if you're lucky,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, they could have said to him, "Hey, you know let's start out here, shit, and the way that we typically do things here, you make one good movie and make some money for us. we'll give you the entire d c extended universe,
0: <laughs> oh wow, wow, that's a thought that's a thought that's a that's a good thought, yeah
1: might be a pretty damn pretty damn cool universe after that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I I would want to see that, definitely. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I would too.
0: So James Gunn doing Suicide Squad. So we know Gunn knows how to do a team movie. Uh, he knows how to do high comedy. He knows how to do all, all the effects, the action, all that stuff. Uh, he's got a great horror background from his past films. Um... Yeah, well, I think that would be a sure bet. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I thought the premise to Suicide Squad, the first one was a good premise, not being somebody who read the comics. So I thought the premise was good, and then I watched the movie, and I'm like, eh, I think this could have been a lot better. I didn't dislike Suicide Squad. I just thought it could have been better. And I think when you have somebody like James Gunn, who, to your point, you know, work with an ensemble cast you know uh comedy action the horror throw in the horror
0: yeah i I never read any of the suicide squad comics uh i thought the movie suffered from what a lot of comic book movies suffer from that have problems weak villain and i thought the villain was pretty weak and uh they didn't do much with it the only the, my only exposure to suicide squad is that cartoon movie that came out a few years ago um uh, uh, where they break into Ar- to Arkham. Um, that was that was fan- fantastic. That was a really good. Had a Batman tie-in at the end. Really, really, really good cartoon. The movie did not measure up to to, a, to the cartoon, and that's what DC's kind of been doing lately. They've been making these really good cartoon movies and movies that don't quite uh, measure up.
1: Ooh, that's kind of ge- that's kind of good though. If you think about it, think about uh, so you talked about that cartoon premise, right? Mm-hmm. Where they break into Arkham, <laughs> and we know that Matt Reeves is doing a Superman—I mean, a, a Batman movie—and you know it's kind of like very slow going in regards to getting it the script and the getting it started. You know, if Gunn came in here and was able to write that suit, so he uses the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 script for Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that just hit me. Uh, that'd be funny. Um, but if he was able to to write a script and get the movie going within the next couple years and get it released, and they were to do that where they break into Arkham and it has that Batman tie-in at, tie at the end, mm-hmm. that would be a good start for that. Uh, f- and it would give Matt Reeves that time to get that Batman movie going.
0: You know, I actually saw a tweet about this uh, last week from uh, Mark Ellis. You familiar with him? No, I'm not a comedian and does what does other things, but primarily comedian. He, he, he saw a pic. He saw the Batmobile, the 1966 Batmobile broken down on the side of the road, uh, getting uh, like uh, pulled onto a flatbed to get towed away. And uh, he tweeted the picture and said, just drove past a metaphor for the Batman's current movie situation. <laughs> Broken down on the side of the road and needs help <laughs>
1: that's pretty fucking good, yeah, very good you gotta imagine the person that owns that bat batmobile is like, this is some bullshit, <laughs> like I didn't pay twelve thousand dollars for this car. They probably paid a good chunk of money,
0: yeah I wonder how many sixty six batmobiles there are.
1: I don't know, but you know that whoever owns it probably isn't the type of guy to open up the fucking hood and be like, oh, I can see what the problem is.
0: Mm, If he's into the 66 show, maybe. Mm. Different generation.
1: Yeah, that's true. Different generation.
0: Oh, no way. Uh, Fiberglass Freaks makes a Batmobile replica.
1: So it's like for sale?
0: <laughs> Let's see. the The LX version is uh, a quarter million dollars. The LE version is one hundred seventy four thousand dollars. The SE version is one hundred twenty four thousand dollars, and the FE version is a hundred grand.
1: Yeah. So, so my point. Going back to my point, if you got a hundred grand vehicle and it fucking breaks down on the side of the road. I bet you that person's pretty fucking shitty.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially probably because he left his fucking utility belt at home and can't <laughs>
0: call Robin for backup. Very true.
1: <laughs> Holy bat oxygen sensor, Batman.
0: I guess I'll have to go get the batcopter. <laughs>
1: Shit. <laughs> uh, oh
0: god, this is a bad place to break down. I have to use the bat room.
1: Get <laughs> 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 fuck in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was funny.
0: You know, speaking of DC news, um, Zack Snyder uh, put something on the record about a, about a week ago, and I'm like, man, this this man is a monster, absolute monster. A monster? Yeah, I mean, in his cut of Justice League, he kills Cyborg. I would have loved that. Yeah, but go ahead. You know, for me, because of Teen Titans, and like your kids grew up on Cyborg more than any other DC character, why would you kill him? Because I'm an asshole. Well, yeah, that's true. But he confirmed that if the Justice League uh, d- did well, uh, in, and he was and he was doing more sequels to Justice League, he would kill Batman.
1: So he he would have killed Cyborg, and then he would have eventually killed Batman. Yes. until he took that cut to warner brothers and they'd say fuck off man you can't kill batman call whedon get the get the whedon in here yeah get fucking whedon in here he's not gonna kill batman they wouldn't even fucking. we wouldn't let you kill cyborg what makes you think we'll let you kill batman yep yeah i don't i don't know if killing batman is ever a good idea but i mean you know whatever To each their own, I guess. If it's him shit, man, if they want to see his vision, then go for it, man. Fucking kill everybody you want. Fucking poor Thomas and Martha Wayne have been killed like 50 fucking times by now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's there's a really good comic book story. I don't remember the name of it. But the story goes, uh, Robin goes to Metropolis to find Superman. Because he's like, Batman's been gone for two weeks. I have no idea where he's at. So in, tr- in order to try to track him down, Superman starts dressing up as Batman and, and, and kind of policing Gotham to get it under control, making everyone think Batman's still there. Uh, and at the end of the issue, they find out that Batman's been captured and he's getting brainwashed and all that. And uh, he gets, and then Batman, or Superman in the Batman costume gets in a fist fight with uh, Bane. And this is like the swole, you know, jacked up on Venom Bane, you know, the real like uber muscular Bane. Uh, Bane kind of knocks uh, Superman around a little bit and he just loses it and gets out of character and just knocks the heck out of Venom and just like punches him through a wall and all like the supervillains like w- w- what? what how did Batman do that and Robin just looks at him and says eh, he's been working out <laughs> that was a really cool storyline and a really cool ending if they did that and like he ended one of the movies on a cliffhanger where you thought uh, Bruce Wayne was dead that'd be pretty cool I'd be into that
1: Mm. I could see that cuz then you can bring him back. But I think they need to stop for a minute with killing these. Like so so he kills Superman and Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Yes.
0: Second movie. Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman 1.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then he was going to kill Cyborg. Then he was going to kill Batman. Like, was his whole intent is like I am fucking killing them all.
0: That's what I am saying, man. Other Monster. than one, well, other than Wonder
1: Woman. Yeah, man. That hmm. should have killed Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It would have been the first to go if you had asked me. <laughs> like, don't be a whiny bitch, whack. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's that's interesting for him to come out and say that and. But I mean, he's got no skin in the game at this point because it's like he could say whatever. Well, I would have done this and I would have done that, and everybody's like, "Well, that's great because I'd do this." So I mean, it makes him no different than you and I, right?
0: Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, with no skin in the game, uh, over the weekend I heard Mark Benardin's, um "Black Man" or uh, I'm sorry, "Black Man Beyond," uh, where he goes through the whole Q and A of Castle Rock. And so he's a, he's one of the writers on the show, and he did q and A Q&A about the show that he wrote on. Uh, He is not writing for season two, so he did a pretty bare-all on the uh, the Q&A. It was pretty good. I've never heard anything that in-depth from a creator before.
1: Wait, he's not writing on season two?
0: It didn't work out. He's still writing on um, Treadstone, and basically he's writing on Treadstone right now, and that's not going to finish up for another two months, and um, season two of Castle Rocks already started writing, so it just the schedule's just kind of mashed oh, up that sucks yeah
1: i'll bet he was he disappointed about it he's, i bet he was probably disappointed
0: you can tell he's disappointed but you know he's happy he's got a job you know we're, we're doing the tre- the treadstone writing so he's like just worked out if i had it my way i'd work on both i mean he said maybe he'll have me back for season three we'll see
1: yeah that's true yeah time time will tell time will tell uh, yeah, I know that one was on there. I didn't, I didn't listen to it yet because I haven't finished the season. So I don't want to ruin it.
0: It's, it's everything. I just, everyone as every question that, uh, pe- people had about the show, like more backgrounds. How'd you come up with this character? How'd you come up with this, that he answered everything I was, I was, and he was getting grilled by a woman that works for uh, screen junkies. Uh, and she was a super fan. It, it was, I've never seen a, a creator go that in depth on a show before.
1: How long is the episode?
0: I think it's like an hour and a half.
1: Wow! Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good.
1: Well, you know, last night was the the season premiere of The Walking Dead.
0: Yes. Um, I watched it. Did you? Yeah. What'd you think? Nah. You know, it's for. Yeah. Yeah, I, they're definitely setting the stage for, you know, a little bit of time has passed since the last season. They're setting the, sta- the stage for this season. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Interesting. And It's kind of going in a direction I don't think I like, but we'll see.
1: Okay. Well, I haven't watched it yet. I'll wait till there's probably three or four uh, episodes before I get back into it. But uh, the season premiere... <laughs> Lost nearly, uh, of Walking Dead lost nearly half its audience. The premiere episode was seen by 6.1 million viewers, which is down 47% from last season's premiere. Oh, wow! It's also the smallest audience for The Walking Dead since the first six episodes when the show premiered in 2010.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um do they, do they say why? Or are people just done?
1: De- well, it doesn't really go into it. This is just like the numbers from from how many people saw it and everything like that. And AMC said, "Well, that's because if you signed up for AMC Premiere the day before that you could have watched the the whole uh episode without commercials 24 hours before it aired." That's AMC's spin on it, but uh, I don't think, uh, based on the article I read in the Hollywood Reporter, I don't think they're buying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know,
1: AMC's not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we've, we're, we're on the downward spin because, um, you know, the last that they came out and said, I believe it was at San Diego Comic-Con, they said that, you know, they've got 20 years of material for The Walking Dead universe if you will everything's a universe now but they said they got 20 years of material to for those shows the walking dead fear of the walking dead and anything else that they want to do um but i don't know man i i get this feeling that uh i would not be surprised if after this season was over they just said fuck it we're done
0: yeah it, it the show seems to be getting a lot of criticism criticism for the last i'd say two three seasons and uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I think the criticism's deserved. Uh, it's been a struggle to keep watching. Uh, um, and like I said, this first episode didn't really pop at all. And it's going in a direction that I'm not so thrilled about. If I'm right, where it's kind of the core team, it's it's starting to pit the the team members against each other. Is what it's looking like. So we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, I don't like that idea. I think let, let me ask you this: Where do you think the show? You know, to you kind of jump the shark, if you will.
0: I have no idea what that means. I don't live near an ocean.
1: You've never heard the term jump the shark before?
0: I've heard it. I don't know what it means, though.
1: So, uh, background for you. The show Happy Days, familiar with it, yes? Yes. So there's an episode where Fonzie jumps over a shark.
0: Is it the movie, the, the mini-movie where, where they go out to L.A.?
1: Uh, I don't know if they went out to L.A. or not. Okay. But anyway, in the episode, he jumps, he jumps over the shark in the ocean, and, like, that right there, like, that was the high point of their ratings as a show. After that, the ratings just plummeted. So the term a show has jumped the shark is, you know, essentially that's the peak and everything after that was downhill. And it's always going back and referring to that episode of happy days.
0: Ah, okay. Interesting. Uh, where did it go? I get, the show is the best. So for some reason, I love shows where the feeling is utter hopelessness and every episode you're like, how in the heck are they going to survive this? Uh, season one of Battlestar Galactica was like that. The first two or three seasons of The Walking Dead was like that, where it's like every episode, they're looking for just like the basics, like food and water and a place to sleep and constantly getting attacked and this no stability and trying to survive. I was completely into that narrative. And then through that narrative, they're also getting more background about people and all that, uh, which was great. But then I, I guess... When that stopped happening, and, and when the show started becoming more and more about instead of people versus zombies, people versus people, is where I kind of started losing interest. Uh, so I guess that would—I honestly—I guess that would be when they started when they settled at the prison. Was when I think that's kind of the downward swing for me.
1: So did you like the Governor arc, or was that really like? The beginning of the end for you.
0: I like. I did like the governor arc. It, it, it went to a very interesting spot that I was really curious about. I, I think I liked the first half of the governor arc, uh, but the second half, I'm like, oh god, this still.
1: Yeah, you kind of got the feeling like it maybe went on too long.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they, they spent a season on this, and I'm like, okay, that was cool. What's going on next season? But it still feels like, in kind of a way, we're still doing the governor arc. We're still this civil, you know, you know, trying to settle down and fighting against another town. And we've been doing that for what, four seasons now? And uh I kind of I like the show a lot more when they were on the road and they were just struggling to survive. And uh and do you remember when the walkers used to run? Remember when they used to chase people through the forest for miles running? Do you remember that? Uh, I can't say I remember ever
1: remember them running, but I I do know that they were faster than what they are. The,
0: there was a, it's the episode where um, the two daughters get lost, um, w- w- where Rick uh, the walkers come on, so Rick has to run through the forest, and then uh, they all kind of scatter, and then when they come back, um, the, the the two girls are gone, and they don't find them to find them until like two episodes later, uh. Oh, I remember
1: that. The the two girls that were uh, with uh, Carol.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Her kids, right?
1: Mm, I don't think they were her kids.
0: But I remember. Because
1: she only had one daughter, and the daughter died early on when they were still rolling around in the RV.
0: Okay. But uh, I remember that episode where I remember Rick was running, running from this thing. I mean, it was more of a jog. But he was jogging for miles trying to get away from this one walker. And now they're just like this, they're like a prop now. They're so dumb and slow moving.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's almost like uh, it's got like this stereotypical horror um, aspect where it's like no matter how fucking fast away you run, it's still walking behind you. Mm-hmm. And you do stupid shit like trip and fall or, you know. Something like that. You turn around, whatever, and it's still there. So uh I agree with that. I think, I don't know, man. Like when they left, I've stuck with the show because there's been episodes or ideas where I'm kind of like, okay, I like that. Okay, I like that. I thought the Terminus thing was really it for me. When they got to that Terminus thing and it's like that. the end of that season was all like... If you get to Terminus, blah, 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 blah. And then they get to Terminus at the end of the season. And it's like they arrived. And then the next season, they're there for what? Two or three episodes. I and think. then it's done.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. cannibals. Bye bye.
1: Yeah. It's like, dude, that could have fucking, you know, that could have been awesome.
0: Yeah. But, um,
1: but the, to your point, it's like, it's all, it, it almost seems like it's all now about. We need to hurry up and settle down, mm-hmm. and, and and this is what the future is going to be. We got to make the future and, and hurry up and settle. And maybe that's what it would be like. I don't know, but a tier, I, I liked it a lot better where it's like you had to sleep with one eye open.
0: Yeah, almost. I mean, and, and we completely lost the awesomeness of like a character like Michonne showing up with with two armless, jawless uh, walkers chained, you know, chained up by, by their necks. I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, whoa. And we don't see any Yeah, of that. that was
1: badass.
0: I mean we, we were seeing more stuff that was uh kind of out of the comic books and was pretty pretty good. And we it seems like like we kind of lost that feel and, and it's all about relationships and personalities and uh, did you watch the end of the last season? Yeah, I watched
1: all of last
0: season. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Negan, I'm like, "Uh, oh, are you serious?" Uh
1: yeah, like I, I, I yeah, because
0: I'm a good person, and we need to settle down and live together. I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's like, okay, you you fucking followed this guy through everything, being the the other survivors. You followed Rick through everything, but all of a sudden he he fucking spares this guy, and now everybody wants to turn on him. I'm like, you, you had multiple opportunities to turn on this dude if you were going to. That right there was not going to be
0: it. Yeah. Interesting. Do Do you ever watch Z Nation? No. Uh, you, you never seen an episode? Uh-uh. You get a chance. You might want to check it out.
1: Uh, I've seen the previews it. I think it's, fuck, I keep wanting to say it's on Spike TV, but that channel doesn't exist anymore. Sci-fi. Sci-fi, that's it.
0: Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's it's sci fi's a zombie show. Uh it's it's uh so it's kind of like Walking Dead esque where it's them living in this post apocalyptic world where zombies are running everywhere. But it's funny. It, it the the characters are funny in the show. Almost a little slapstick, honestly. Uh it, it's a it's a funny almost zombie show. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's a it's a it's a cute spin on the genre. I really like it.
1: I wish they would come out with with something like... Did you ever watch the show True Blood on HBO?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I think that's another show. started out really well and then kind of fizzled off. But anyway, like, the idea... But I think they need to make it, like, I don't know, more horror. And the idea mm-hmm. that, like, there's fucking vampires out there, man. And there's werewolves and there's zombies and there's all this fucking crazy shit and it's like you gotta fucking fight to survive that world it's not just zombies it's not just you know vampires it's like all of that shit combined you gotta survive the world in which all that stuff comes true
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like i think that would be that would be pretty pretty sweet to see but i don't know maybe they did they ever do a van helsing tv show
0: uh it's on right now actually Oh really? Yeah, it's like a descendant of Van Helsing is the the uh, the main part of the show, and, and it's a she is a is a it's a woman.
1: So does it take place in current time or?
0: I think I watched a episode and I was like not, and I didn't seem like I was into it. I, th- I think it's current time.
1: See, yeah, I don't want to see that. I want to see something that's like back in the day. It's like if you can do shit like Game of Thrones, which is all period based and stuff like that. Why not do that with Monsters? I know they did that one show, Penny Dreadful, for a little while.
0: Still running. It's on Netflix.
1: Really? They're making new episodes of that?
0: Tons of episodes. I think they're on their fourth season, I think.
1: Oh, wow. Um, But yeah.
0: Sorry, let me say that clearly. There's three seasons, not four.
1: Okay. So, And I don't think they're making new ones, though. I think those are all recorded. I think it's done.
0: All right. Did you ever watch that show?
1: I watched the first season and a half, maybe. How was and it? I kind of lost interest.
0: Okay.
1: I, it it started out well, and then it the first season had promise, and the second season, and I was like, eh, never mind. Was the
0: first season good, or was the first season promising?
1: I thought it, I I thought it started out that it was promising. Okay. Uh, but then it it didn't come to fruition. But I've seen a lot of shows like that, like that show, um, Black Sails, Dark Sails.
0: Black Sails, I, I've I've I watched like the first three episodes of that.
1: Yeah, I watched the first season of that, and I was like, "This is pretty good." And then I watched the second season, and I'm like, "This sucks."
0: You know, that's a tough thing with Netflix, and and I've given up on a lot of shows uh, lately in the last year, actually, because I see so many shows that look promising so I keep watching them watching them watching them and then I I've more times than not I end up disappointed where they didn't really fulfill what I thought they could be uh, I'm not, I'm kind of not doing that anymore something's got to grab me right away for me to keep watching it now
1: yeah see I and I'm I think I'm becoming the same way um, and I think that's across all genres cuz like I started watching that America to Me show on Stars about the Oak Park High School and I got through like the first, I kept pushing through it, pushing through it. And it's like, now it's like, I'm not even interested anymore.
0: I'll be honest. I watched the first two and I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm like, it looks like they're trying to make a statement, but what they're showing does not push that statement. And uh, I was kind of uh, put off by that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like a half ass statement.
0: And I'm still like, well, what is, I still understand the title of the show. Where does it come from? America to me. Like, if this was an HBO show, they do, they do a monologue at the end of the show where they pick, like, one of the kids and that would say, to me, America is, and then they would give their, their take on it. They don't do that.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if the show would have been better served, better served if maybe they would have went to multiple places. And it would been like, hey, this is my America to me and like you said it's maybe a monologue at the end of the show and maybe you showed like a, a native american kid that's growing up on a, a in a uh um, res. reservation yeah. yeah um
0: that's a great you know, idea
1: maybe maybe you show a kid who uh, uh, a mexican kid who has come to the u.s illegally Maybe you show that, and what his, what America looks like to him, and you show his family's perspective of it.
0: You know, you know, it'd be interesting is is going out out west, uh, just just that area. Like, um, is there a city in Montana?
1: I'm sure there's lots of cities in Montana. <laughs> um, I can't think of any right now, though.
0: <laughs> like a real city, I I don't think there is. Mon- well, there's
1: probably a, There's gotta be a capital, Montana
0: Yeah and That could just be like a church or something
1: <laughs> Like the flashing light By the church
0: Oh, okay, Billings That looks like a suburb to me What is it? Billings
1: Yeah, Billings, Montana Yeah I th-
0: Smaller than Chopper I say,
1: yeah Are you serious?
0: looks like it from the pictures. Like, like they, they have no skyline. Okay. Missoula. that There we go. Or M- Missoula, Missoula, Montana. That looks like a city to me. Kind of. It's too many fucking trees for a city though. <laughs> what I was thinking. I don't
1: think you're going to find a city in the aspect in which we know of cities.
0: Well, here's what I was thinking is it, it would be cool to do like a uh, Montana to me instead of America to me. And then you do the show just in the state of Montana and then you do one episode where you do it in a school in the city. you do one episode where it's out on the res, one episode where it's in farmland, and then and then one episode where it's you know um, for you know people that came over here uh, from Mexico or uh, Central or South America. That'd be interesting.:
1: Yeah, I like that idea, man.
0: Cause Illinois, man, we're, we are so diverse and we got so many different ways of living in this one state. It, it blows my mind. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. man. You, you know, when you talk about people, well shit, I mean th- the city of Chicago itself and the different ways of living, you know, from the South side to the West side to the North side, you know, all of those are different in their, in their ways. But then you have the suburbs of the city of Chicago. Then you got the 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 people in Central Illinois, the people in Southern Illinois.
0: So yeah, that that that, that area around Springfield, uh, which is kind of built up a little bit. Uh, yeah, so we, we have a lot of variety just uh, in this state.
1: Yeah, and I think that to your point, like on those episodes, like if you're say you're in the big city or whatever in Montana, right? And then you talk to different people in that city and you talk to people that are young and you talk to people that are middle-aged and you talk to people that are older and talk to them about how it's different, you know, compared to what it was or something like that. I think there's a, man, I think that would be a pretty damn cool show.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Billings, Montana. It's the biggest city in Montana. Population, 104,000.
1: All right. And how many people in Schaumburg? Well, how many people in Naperville? Because I bet you Naperville probably exceeds. (laughs)
0: 147,000. In Naperville? Yeah. Yep. There you go. 74,000 in Schaumburg.
1: Shit! I mean, even that's close. Yeah.
0: Well. Because Missoula's only sixty six thousand. Interesting. So moving on. You got other news you want to talk about? Uh,
1: I got some funny news. Go for it. But nothing Hollywood reported. Nothing Hollywood related, I guess. Say.
0: Is it from the interwebs? Ooh. It's
1: from the interwebs.
0: Let's go online.
1: Speaking of uh, Downstate Illinois, yeah. Uh, so while shopping at Peoria, Illinois Walmart on September 20th, an unnamed 30-year-old woman filled her cart, but she also added a few items to her backpack. To her, uh, she added leggings, pencils, a quart of oil, and a Jesus Calling Bible. After she paid for only the items in her cart. A loss prevention officer stopped her before she left the store. Police report: uh, the police were summoned, reported to the uh, to the newspaper. There, the woman explained to them she was hoping the Bible could help her spiritually. She told me it sounds strange, but she was trying to be more Christian by stealing. She was charged with misdemeanor theft.
0: (laughs) Sounds about right.
1: Oh yes.
0: Um, so so if if you remember, uh, um, I, I dated someone that did that security job for for years. I I was gonna throw it in there, but I didn't want to bring
1: up bad feelings, so I didn't.
0: No, no bad feelings for me. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, she the stories that she had interesting, just a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, she caught people stealing every week, it seemed like.
1: And probably stealing a lot of what you wouldn't think of as, uh, like, things that would be worth stealing.
0: Guess what the number one thing that gets stolen is? Socks. (laughs) No. Makeup is number one. Girls and their makeup.
1: That's not surprising to me.
0: Number two, booze.
1: Yeah, and that's not really surprising to
0: me either. Yeah, no, it seemed like makeup and bottles of vodka were the two biggest things that she caught people for. There's a lot of secrets with assets protection that I'm, I kind of, that I know about, and I'm wondering if I should say it or not.
1: Also, like, how people can get away with shit? Yeah. Fuck, like I say you'd spill a couple of them at least now.
0: They can't stop you, and they can't detain you.
1: Because they're not cops.
0: Correct. They have, they have no right to, to stop you, detain you, or lay a hand on you. So the, 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 there was a guy that they used to come into this one store that, 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 that she worked for all the time. Like, oh, and if she saw him on, on the camera, it's like, oh, here he comes. And he would do the same thing every, every, day, day, every time he came in. He would come in, take a bottle of vodka, and just walk out every time. And the times that she confronted confront him, she, he'd be like, he can't do anything. He was an ex-employee there, actually. That's how he knew the rules. And so she started coordinating with the local police so that, you know, he came in, she, she could call one of the officers directly and try to get them there in the, to get him in the parking lot ASAP. And uh, this went on for months before they finally lined it up where they were. The, and I don't even know if, uh, it, if they ever got him, if they ever got a cop there in time. So so
1: let's say, because loss preventions, right, in which the, the, the ways that I've seen them in the past, what they would do. Is as you're exiting the store, they will stop you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times before you even walk out of the building. Yeah. So if that ends up being the case and you never walk out of the building, is it technically stealing?
0: Um, don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. This is just something I thought about. But, but who, who would ever do that though?
1: Well, no, what I'm saying, though, is, like, it, 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 no, you, like, obviously you would do it, but, but what I'm saying is if they stopped you ahead of time before leaving, they couldn't write you, you know, you couldn't get a ticket, you couldn't get charged with anything, right, because you never left the property.
0: Yeah, I, you, you go grab something and then you throw it in your backpack. Uh, you know, if they stop stop and say something to you, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm embarrassed about this, and I don't want people to see it." That's why I put it in the backpack. I was gonna take it out of the register to pay for it. They can't do a thing,
1: right? See, that's what I'm saying right there. So, unless you actually exit the premises with it, they can get bent,
0: right? Or, or pass the registers, basically. Yeah.
1: So okay, so pass the registers.
0: Yeah, basically that—that's that, the imaginary line. Where if you—if you pass this point, you're stealing it.
1: Got it. Well, what if you were going to go back? <laughs> so, any other uh, top secret information you can share?
0: That's the big stuff. Um, you know, and, and when you hear when you find out that they have no power, they're just trying to intimidate you to get you to go back in the office with them. Um, you know, you say no. That's that. They, 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 you know like well, we're we're going to get the authorities involved. Okay, good luck. You know, as they, as they try to grab they try to grab your picture off the security camera or whatever and show that to the cops to you know they're going they're not going to send it out to some forensic lab to, to do uh face recognition to find out who stole that bottle of vodka off the shelf.
1: Okay, so if they if they do get you on the camera though and they let's say the camera exterior get you getting into your car. Can they report that to the police and then the police come find you?
0: Yeah, a lot of times what, what, what they'll do is, is they'll run up to the parking lot and follow you and write down your your, your license plate number. And and the, okay. and, and then the, the, when the cops show up, then they just give the cops their license plate number. They run that and then they go and knock on doors.
1: I wonder if the cops actually are like, I don't give a shit about that.
0: That I think they follow up with. Um, and it seems like it's always good for the for the. Uh, for the store to have a good relationship with the police in the in the town, because then they, it seems like they really enjoy doing it then <laughs> the
1: cops really enjoy going to somebody 's house and saying hey so and so stole something,
0: yeah, but then they can still play the game saying i didn 't steal anything and, and unless they have it on camera, then it gets really dicey huh. so you can you can fight it essentially oh yeah yeah the, 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 I mean m- millions and millions of dollars get stolen every year a lot of it gets witnessed and it's just not worth the money to go after the people.
1: Right. Because I would imagine like, okay, so who would, would that be up to the prosecutor? to have to go after the people or is that up to the store?
0: No, it's, it's, it's actually the cops if they want to spend the time or not. Uh, cause a lot of times like, I like, like, I, I know cause they, they, they kind of get a feel for the prosecutor. So they're like, he's not going to chase this. So I'm not even going to take the time to run this person down.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, even at that point, like like you said, if there's a guy with a bottle of vodka, and, I mean, depending on the vodka, what do you think in max 20, 20 bucks? If he's drinking it every day like that, it's probably cheap shit. But,
0: you know. But it's free, man. You go top shelf, it's free. You get the Grey Goose. You get the, gray goose. You, you get the uh, Tito's. Yeah, I mean, I guess you
1: could, but, you know, if I guess if you're a smart thief, <laughs> you know, if you, the cheaper stuff actually gets you less penalty, yes, isn't it the value of the item and not necessarily the item itself?
0: I think it's like it's stages. It's like is it like theft under five hundred dollars and theft over five hundred dollars? That's where the lines at.
1: Oh, okay. So it's not like theft under twenty dollars and theft under a hundred dollars.
0: I think the first. I, th- I think that the first marker is like two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. I think.
1: Okay, okay, so, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, I mean, I guess if they were the cops and they'd be like, hey, man, uh, were you at the, the, um, the mire today and stole some money? Nope. Um, no. Okay, uh, well, we got it on camera that you did. No, you don't.
0: I'm not stealing anything on that, on that video. What's he say? I'm not stealing anything on that video. He You just see me there. Yeah, I was there shopping. I decided not to buy anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we're like, well, we saw you, like, because the the cop isn't going to have the video right there, right? So, I mean, what do they do? They arrest you for p- suspicion of theft?
0: I don't think they do. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think I should get captured uh, on video as, as you stealing. Uh, for them to be able to do that. like, But like this one guy, the, the cereal uh, um, shoplifter, you know, they made special exceptions for him. He stole cereal? I bet he did, yeah.
1: Oh. See, maybe taking the Derek defense here, well, maybe he was just trying to eat.
0: That's right. So first he was the cereal shoplifting so he can get a cereal, and then he was cereal killing it at the kitchen table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he had to forgot he had to go steal some milk. shit gotta go back
0: <laughs> cereal milking
1: <laughs> cereal milking, <laughs> yeah, so we kind of went down a rabbit hole here, but i <laughs> legalities are funny, man,
0: yeah, they are
1: and and I think to your point, what you said earlier is about. You know, playing off of people's fear, trying to get them to go back in the room and everything. It almost seems like a lot of that stuff is, you know, fear-based. Like, what can they get you to admit to? What can they get you to, uh, you know, cooperate with? And it sounds like if you put up a fucking fight, that they're going to decide either A, he's not worth it, or B... I'm going to try and make an example out of this guy to potentially go to somebody and say, Hey, we need to, uh, this guy stole a, you know, $50 bottle of gray goose or whatever. I don't know how much gray goose costs, but, uh, you know, we need to make an example out of them. And the prosecutor's going to be like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Yeah. Like we got people driving around with no seatbelts. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, why did you pick that one?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody I work with, uh, she got she got stopped. She was on the way to her mom's showing because uh, her mom had passed away recently, and they got stopped at one of those fucking blockades. You ever seen them like where they're like looking in the windows trying to pick out people that don't have their seatbelts on, and then say, "Hey, pull over! You ain't got your seatbelt on." You ever seen
0: that? I, I don't know if I have or not.
1: Oh, yeah, they do it at different places. But anyway, she did, she did it, and I guess her daughter didn't have the seatbelt going across her chest. It was behind her arm. Yeah. So so they gave her the ticket, and that's kind of why. Because <laughs> she ends up, you know, I was like, you got to pay that seatbelt ticket. And she was like, I'm not paying it. You know, she had the seatbelt on. I'm like, you're going to have to pay that plus court cost if you argue it. So she argued it. Guess what?
0: She paid it, and probably plus a little more.
1: Uh, uh yeah, it would have been a seventy-five dollars ticket. She had to pay double that.
0: Yeah, because I think court cost used to be seventy-five bucks. So, yeah. Yep, one
1: hundred and fifty bucks. So I'm like, well, I guess.
0: You know, backtracking, we were talking about serial killing. Um, I got a I got a story about uh, breakfast food. Okay. Okay. Uh, firefighters in Wiltshire, England put out a a fire uh, last February. And in in the course of putting out the fire, it was a a barn that was on fire. And during the time of putting out that fire, they rescued a bunch of piglets from the barn. So about six months later, the owner of the farm showed up with um, sausage made from the piglets that they save and gave them to the firefighters to eat. That's weird. Isn't that kind of weird? Like, hey, I saved these pigs, and I'm going to eat them. I don't know how I'd feel about eating that sausage. You'd be like, oh, no. It's babe. That'll do, pig. That'll do.
1: Well, I mean, if it tasted good, you'd be like, that, that will do. <laughs>
0: I remember this guy. I can tell by the taste. <laughs> like, <laughs> he tastes as good as, taste. as his personality. Oh, wait, they're British, though. Damn it. That makes it hard. <laughs> <laughs> British don't get emotional. Hey, the, the zero
1: emotion, sir. I'm going to dip my sausage in my in my tea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh bangers and mash. Oh bangers and mosh. Uh. <laughs> well, I was just gonna ask real quick, as a non MMA fan, did you hear about what happened at the UFC over the weekend? I did I did hear about this. Yeah. The,
1: the 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 dude like jumped out the octagon and went went uh went like fucking cuckoo for cocoa puffs for like the the jiu jitsu trainer, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Connor McGregor?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and while he was doing that, like three of his buddies fucking jumped in the octagon and started trying to <laughs> beat the, beat even more shit out of
0: Connor McGregor. Yeah, and this whole team. It's just crazy about how, uh, you know, the, the challenger comes in, uh, wins the fight with a tap out in the fourth round. And then afterwards, the winner starts talking smack and then picks a fight with uh, the, 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 um, the handlers and the ringside people for Conor McGregor who lost the fight, I've never seen that before. Never heard of it before. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty
1: crazy. I remember reading it, and I'm like, so a fight broke out at a fight?
0: Yeah. All right. Crazy rush, you know, Russians versus the Irish, man. Crazy stuff happens.
1: The fuck yeah, man.
0: I mean, congrats on Khabib for winning. He, the guy's a beast, but uh, didn't handle himself like a champion.
1: No, no, man! You gotta fight. You gotta let that shit go.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Keep on trucking. So, so my story. Uh, Jordan, Minnesota, uh, made news on September 26 when a judge released the details of a ruling against the mortuary for among other violations, storing jarred applesauce in the same room where the embalming takes place.
0: Oh, God. Okay.
1: Joseph Wagner, who runs the funeral home, says fucking he was just Joe. helping out...
0: Joe.
1: Fucking Joe. You know, fucking, this is why we can't have the nice
0: things, Joe. Joe and your sweet uh, tooth. God damn it. Okay, go ahead.
1: No, he says he was helping out his brother who owns nearby Wagner Brothers Orchard and needed some extra storage space For the year's applesauce. Uh, The Department of Health took issue with the jars being stored adjacent to the hazardous waste container. Where blood and other waste from the embalming process are disposed of. And And they were under the emergency shower blocking the emergency eyewash station. (laughs)
0: I've got a dead person in my eye. Dead person. Oh, there's applesauce in the way. No. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. I
1: told you to get this damn applesauce. He has been ordered to pay $5,000 in
0: fine. Oh, my God. You know, you, you got to think. I would think if you worked at, at a funeral parlor, it would change you. And it, it'd just be like, oh, yeah, dead person. Oh, dead people's remains. Yeah, yeah whatever. It'd kind of be like that scene from uh, – uh, Gone in sixty seconds, where uh, you know they call up their buddy, the the big British guy. I can't think of his name right now, the soccer player.
1: I know exactly who you're talking about.
0: But yeah, he. But 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 they have that scene where he's working on the morgue, and he gets the phone call. So he takes the sandwich that he's eaten and just lays it down on the dead body. Has the phone, Has the conversation? Gets of the conversation. Picks up the sandwich and keeps on eating it. Yeah, I gotta think you're right. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. But honestly, if that's what you're doing, and you're so used to dead people, yeah, I guess I kind of get it. Yep. Crazy. I bet you are
1: absolutely correct.
0: Crazy. My Girl, the, the, remember that movie? Where Dan Fred yeah. played a— guy, Absolutely. Funeral, funeral parlor owner. Macaulay that,
1: Culkin and everything.
0: Yep, that's right. And then there was a Six Feet Under on HBO. That was a show.
1: Yeah, I never watched that one.
0: Fantastic show probably in my top three for hbo shows
1: oh really yeah
0: very good i'd say game of thrones sopranos and uh yeah six feet under would be i think are my top three all right sir all right man until tomorrow all right talk to you later
1: i all right talk to you later bye bye
0: and we're back it is now wednesday what's going on man
1: I got, I, uh, happy Wednesday to you, sir. Happy hump day and stuff.
0: Yeah. It'd be a happier day if I didn't burn the heck out of my hand, but, uh, yeah. Happy Wednesday.
1: Did you say you burned your hand?
0: Yeah. I haven't done this in years. I can't remember the last time I burned myself, but took a pan out of the oven, uh, forgot that, or, you know, check the temperature of, of the chicken I was cooking. Needed uh, about five more minutes. Went to put it back in. Just grabbed the the pan with my bare hand and, uh. So I gave it a pretty nice burn.
1: Uh, that sounds like it tickled.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those, it's not bubbling up or anything, but if, as soon as I take my hand off the ice pack, like 10 seconds later, it starts throbbing. So I'm just like, well, oh, okay, just going to hold on ice pack for the rest of the day.
1: Yep, it'll feel better tomorrow.
0: Yep. So besides that, it's been a decent day.
1: Oh, that's good. Other than this, you know, second degree burn on my hand, I'm good.
0: Yep. <laughs> so what's up with you?
1: Uh, uh well I'm off work tomorrow. Alright. Thank the good Lord for that. Back on Friday though, but then it's the weekend, so I'm counting down the days till uh to Halloween. Not only because I love Halloween and the fact it's my youngest son's birthday, but also I'll be off for five days in a row, which is awesome. Nice. Yep, looking looking forward to that. Um, but other than that, man, not shit Not shit Got uh, you know two more football games to go That's going to be kind of weird when it's, when it's all over next Friday night
0: Those could be the last two High school football games you ever go to
1: They could be um, I, I get a feeling, though That in the next few years uh, I'm going to be one of those parents That shows up to the game But leaves at halftime because my daughter will probably be then in the marching band.
0: Oh, okay. So, you're going to be one of those.
1: Yeah, I've had to pay a ridiculous price for tickets just to just to watch my daughter perform in the band for 5 minutes and then leave. Mhm. Parental thing to do.
0: Mhm. Back in our day, not so much though, right?
1: No, man, you you like like you cared. Everybody stuck around.
0: I don't remember parents showing up just because just their kids were in the band though. I, I yeah. m- most band kids, like their parents came and saw them a couple times a year and that was it and that was only for the big stuff for the marching band.
1: Yeah, like homecoming or or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or or like when they're in the parades or whatever. And they didn't if they didn't have kids playing football, they didn't go to the football games to watch their kids play. That's what I remember from high school.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew people, like, I knew people's parents that went to the football games because, you know, especially parents that, like, they went to that high school and now their kids go to that high school, and it's kind of like a traditional type thing that they didn't have a kid participating. But for the most part, unless you were related to the player as an adult, I didn't really see it. Most of the football games I remember, those stands were full of kids. Mm Mm-hmm kids and stuff Mm -hmm. and nobody really gave a shit what was going on in the field when we when I was in high school because our team sucked
0: oh okay
1: yeah our teams were garbage I think my wife's team one year did really well when she was in high school but um, most of because we went to the public schools so most of the time it was the the city Catholic schools that you know, kind of beat the ever living mess out of the 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 public schools.
0: Same thing around here, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, the Catholic schools that recruit but don't recruit.
0: Yep. Oh yeah.
1: But I know. Yesterday, I was I was giving you some news stories and everything like that, and there was there was one more that I had that I have to share with you. I sh- I, I think I saved the best for last. All right. So, um, Lawrence Mitchell, fifty-three, gets this month's most helpful dad award. Mister Mitchell, graciously, 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 drove his fifteen-year-old son and the son's girlfriend, also fifteen, to a Port St. Lucie, Florida park, on September six so they could do their thing, as Mitchell described it. <laughs> Port St. Lucie police officer Clayton Baldwin approached Mitchell's car at 11.30 p.m. after the park had closed. Mitchell told him the kids aren't out there stealing. They're just having sex. They could be out there doing a lot worse. When the teenagers returned from the nearby soccer field, Mitchell's son told the officer, we're just smoking and fucking. Mitchell was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor.
0: Wow. Why Why would you... So, okay, he's 56. So, so for, for me, that's the big flag. So, if he's 56, that means when he graduated high school, the year was... This is some high-end math. Shit. 80, 1980. The year I
1: was born?
0: Yeah. Is that, is that right? Because <laughs> let's say he was 18 in 1980, and now it's uh, 90, 10, so like plus 38, so 18 plus third. Yeah, that's about right.
1: Okay, we'll go with that.
0: So, So, okay, so... Yeah, back, I'm thinking, like, okay, like, the making out, like, in, in the cars and, and, you know, going to the park and doing that. To me, that seems like a 60s thing, 50s thing, actually. Maybe 70s thing? I don't think that was a thing in With the sex 80s, Sex in though. the park? Yeah.
1: Holy shit, man. I was fucking wherever I could, dude.
0: Yeah, well, because for, for me, I'm, like, thinking, like, this is, like, a ritual. Um, that, that, that he wants his kid, because why wouldn't he just have him do it in the house?
1: Oh. Well, that's a different side of the equation there, isn't it?
0: Like, this is a milestone from his, his life, and he wants his kid to re- relive the same milestone.
1: What if his wife wouldn't allow it?
0: Do it when she's not there. Get him a hotel room. There's so many different ways of doing this.
1: Hmm. Maybe it was cheap. But I see your point, though. Like, why not take the wife out and say, okay, kid, we'll be back in three hours. I know you're only going to take 10 minutes, but <laughs> we'll be back in three
0: hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many. It's, I mean, whenever you do stuff in public, you know, there, there's that aspect of it. And now that's contributing to minor laws that are just, uh, they're, I, they're pretty overblown in Illinois, in my opinion. I have no idea what they're like in Florida. So.
1: Well, considering how many of these news of the strange and odd and weird that we read that take place in Florida, I would almost think that the laws are pretty lax down there.
0: Yeah. By the way, we can't talk badly about Florida today with what they're going through.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah. My friend's family, uh, they live in Apalachicola, a lot of them, and uh, they had to evacuate and everything. and. We uh, we were, we were kind of watching it on the Weather Channel. It's it's getting tore up down there.
0: 155 mile per hour winds, class four hurricane, moving at 14 miles per hour. They're saying like the winds to the to the eye of the tornado is like 40 miles. So I mean, imagine that you're getting you're getting pounded in this humongous radius of you know 155 mile winds. You know it's not going through fast. I mean it's sitting there for a while as, as it's moving at 14 miles per hour.
1: Yeah, it's a slow mover. That's for sure. Yeah, forty
0: hours. Okay, yeah, forty hours. I, I, slow, forty miles to the eye. Uh, Fourteen miles per hour movement. That means like every location that is hidden, you're getting pounded at 155 miles per hour about for like three hours. Damn. Yeah,
1: that's. Well, and you said that's to the eye, right? Not to the other side. Oh yeah. Or is good. that all inclusive?
0: Uh, from my right, right, it was from the outside to the eye. So you're right. So it's six hours of that. Good point.
1: Yeah, yeah. you kind of lost me with the math there for a minute, but, you know, I do remember diameter uh, and circumference.
0: Yes, uh, radius and diameter is what you're thinking, yeah.
1: Radius and diameter. (laughs) Fuck, Didn't know what they're called, but shit. (laughs) Anyway, going back to this guy, see, I was kind of like, well, good for that dude to just be like, you know what, man, go out there and do your thing. But now I'm kind of like, this dude's a dumbass. Thanks, Derek.
0: In, in public, uh, I, I, like I said, uh, I, I, this is probably his, where he, this is probably the park where he had his first time at.
1: Mm, that's a good point. And all I can remember was when I was a teenager is like yeah, more times than not I couldn't do it at home, so I was like, oh, wherever, whenever, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, cars. Which, that was the spot. But the fact that the dad kind of orchestrated this and set it up, like, hey, they're just smoking pot. Or was it smoking pot or just smoking? They're smoking pot, right?
1: He just said smoking. It doesn't doesn't specify the the sticky icky.
0: But but he he got charged with uh, contributing to a minor, right?
1: Contributing to delinquency of a minor. So, see, but that could be as simple as being in the park after dark.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: And it's like, okay, and so, and he told him to, like, they're out in the soccer fields. So, that's what it said, and it's like, well, why didn't you go to the soccer field and let him do it in the car?
0: I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. Weird. Very, very weird.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that took a turn. I wasn't expecting, but.
0: I I, I wonder. I wonder if he's guys, like, what was the top chart hit in 1980? I was wondering if he's, if he's like, all right, son, you need to play this song while you're doing it, because that's what I listen to, and then we can be like, one.
1: Smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bust out the Hall and Oates, best
0: of. Yep, exactly. <laughs> top 100 songs in 1980. Oh, it's a good one too. Number one, "Call Me" by Blondie. All right,
1: what was number two? Give me a top five.
0: Another brick on the wall by Pink Floyd was number two. Number three was "Oh no shit," Magic by Olivia Newton-John. Number four.
1: Oh, I remember that one. No, I don't remember it like when it came out, but
0: "Rock With You" by Michael Jackson. Oh, At number five. Uh, Do That To Me One More Time by Captain Antoneal. Dang. (laughs) Captain
1: Antoneal. Yeah, number
0: six, Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen. Ooh, number seven, Coming Up by Paul McCartney. Number eight. That's what he was listening to. Funky Town by Lips Incorporated. Yeah, they were going to Funky Town. This was
1: like the end of disco, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Number nine. It's still Rock and Roll the Me by Billy Joel. Wow. I had no idea that song was that that old.
1: Oh, dude. That's my shit. Ooh,
0: and weird. Number 10, The Rose by Bette Midler.
1: Uh, that one's not familiar to me at all.
0: Wow. Cars came out by uh, Gary Newman in 1980. I, that's another one I thought wasn't that old.
1: See, some of these songs I thought were like, I thought uh, Queen, I thought that was older than the 80 huh when did he die 85 86
0: later than that because i i remember seeing him play live on one of those uh televised concerts
1: the, you saw live aid
0: uh yeah that was one from russia right
1: yeah yeah i saw yeah, that the, i think the last one he did
0: yeah i believe so uh freddie mercury passed away in 91
1: no joke yeah when did Wayne's World come out? And the only reason I ask that question, because I'd be curious if they were already making that when he was uh, still alive. 92. 92, yeah. So they would have been making that when he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: But the song that they, that they did was Forever Old, so...
1: Yeah. Very good, so... uh not the songs that I was thinking of from the 80s, but I guess my recollection of 80s music probably starts more like 84, 85-ish.
0: Yeah, we can't even call it 80s music, and this is 80 music, which, you know, in 1980, you were like zero. I was one.
1: I, I wasn't even born until the end of November in 80, so.
0: So right now, you you're, you would be like one years old
1: yeah exactly so like 81 would have been the first like that i was there in my crib fucking jamming out to fucking michael jackson or some shit i don't know yep oh very good well um i I gotta imagine they were probably listening to that paul mccartney song
0: (laughs) it could be very well could be
1: and he was probably fucking smoking a Smoking a doobie at the car, uh, listening to Pink Floyd.
0: Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to the album in a while. That, that was that was a album in high school, The Wall, that I listened to just over and over and over. Like my friends and I would hang out, and all we do is like sit there and just listen to the album.
1: Yeah, I dated a chick that loved fucking Pink Floyd music, and she would play that shit all the time, and I'd be like, "This is great!" And then really in my head, I'm like, "Oh my god, can we listen to something else?"
0: <laughs> nice. There was a gal that I had a crush on in high school, and she was the biggest Pearl Jam fan. And back then, I could not stand Pearl Jam. I just could not get into the music or Eddie's, Eddie Vedder's voice at all. And I tried pretending a, a little bit, but I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, like I knew I I got it. They were good musicians, and the, the voice thing I got it. I got why people were into it. I just couldn't get into it.
1: Yeah, it just wasn't your thing. No. Yeah, man, I, I I I I dated a chick for uh, fuck. I guess you can't even say that because we were together like for a couple weeks, but she was into like Marilyn Manson and stuff, and I'm like, I can't get down with this shit. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to shut that off. Hm. I can't do it. Which album? Mechanical Animals is that right? Is
0: that an album? It th- uh, could be that. So that was after Beautiful People and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, like, she listened to that shit, too, but, like, this was about the time that this, uh, if I remember correctly, like, he came out, and, like, he had fucking red hair and shit like that.
0: That was the album where I kind of went, yeah, I'm not so much into this guy anymore.
1: Yeah, like, she ate that album up, and I'm like, ew.
0: Yeah, that's the one that came out in 98. Yeah, that was the album. 98,
1: yeah, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, that that was the album I kind of lost interest. It's funny, his very first album, uh, Portrait of an American Family, so different than anything that they ever did. Um, completely different. And uh, I used to play cuts off that album Live in one of my bands.
1: Speaking of that type of music, it reminds me of something that you had said previously. And I read something the other day and it made me think of you.
0: Aww. Because you,
1: you talked about how, Thanks, big fan, <laughs> how big of a Limp Biscuit fan, how big of a Limp Biscuit fan that you were. Yep, am. I
0: I still buy everything they come out with.
1: Okay, well, they were doing a concert in Jersey. Did you hear about
0: this? No, I didn't.
1: And one of the dipshits from ICP, Insane Clown Posse, for those that don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. uh, FBI registered as a gang, yep. Yeah. No longer sold on iTunes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, one of those two guys, I don't remember which one, Went up on stage at a Limp Bizkit concert and tried to drop kick uh, Fred Durst.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and missed. <laughs> and fell on the stage. And then security came and got him. But I was reading that story. I'm like, what an idiot.
0: Yeah. Well, now that, then again, did you ever see, see the ICP guys wrestle?
1: No, never watched them. I knew that they did, but I never watched them.
0: They were surprisingly... they. They look like wrestlers to me. When, whenever I saw him on the WCW back when I was watching that, I was like, oh, wow, this is a real thing. I was shocked. Hmm. So for, for him to go and try to throw a dropkick doesn't surprise me that much.
1: No, it doesn't surprise me that he
0: – well, I guess it – Then again, that was 20 years ago I saw that. I, th- I would think these days he'd probably like, break a hip during to do that.
1: Yeah, see, that's that's kind of where I was going, where it's like – doesn't necessarily surprise me. Would do it, except for the fact that he's old. Er, I mean, because they got to be in their what damn near fifty, if not older than that.
0: Uh no. Well, they got to be. They're at least I'd say five years older than us, at least. So, forty-five, fifty, somewhere in there. Because I first heard them when I was a sophomore in high school. So this was pro- yeah, it
1: was early on in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't
0: a fan, but they were okay. I mean, I I, I didn't. I, I kind of got the shock factor of it, and yeah, they, they were kind of. They were the Marilyn Mansons of hip hop, weren't they? We we had Marilyn Manson and ICP at the same time, both kind of put on outfits and both and both trying to like shock people with uh, with their lyrics.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. I just I like. I remember. Like, I had uh, relatives and friends and shit that were just like all into that stuff and like all of a sudden like when we drank when we were kids we drank a lot of fago because that shit was cheap like fago was the cheapest pop you could get and then like icp comes out and like the price of fago doubles and now i'm like seeing people like drinking fago all the time and i'm like why the fuck are you drinking fago because icp drinks fago and i'm like that's stupid as hell but whatever
0: you are kind of upset because of the price, or were you kind of upset because that was your thing, and now it's gone? Uh,
1: no, I, I, I was kind of upset because I thought that they were just... They were doing something specifically because this these two people did it. And, like, like I knew people that, like, literally would carry around, like, two or three two liters of fucking Fego in their backpack... And it's like, nobody drinks that much fucking soda, man. What the hell's wrong with you people? Crazy. It, it, it just seemed kind of like they did it only because they saw this. And it's like, well, if I drink Fego, then maybe I'm a better fan to them or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But but then again, I know those same people ended up with fucking hatchet man tattoos and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Doctor
0: Malenko, that that was the big one. Uh, my friends that, that listened, that that was the big tattoo that everyone got. Which one was that? Like uh, it, it was a song from back then. It, it it's like a like a demon clown with a top hat, and then he's kind of got his fingers kind of up in the air, like come here.
1: Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. So that was the that was one of the album covers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember that one and the I think it was Riddle Box was another one. The the guy was like the clown head was like jumping out of the like a jack-in-the-box type thing. Mhm. Uh, but anyway, moving on.
0: So Last night um I finally sat down and I and I watched that documentary about, about Mr. Rogers um uh, Won't you be my neighbor?
1: Oh was that was that on Redbox now?
0: Yes it is. Came out in Redbox last week and I will confirm I'm I'm 99% sure you will not cry during it Nick cuz I did not cry during it.
1: You did not cry.
0: I did not cry. I I will admit I welled up at one point in the movie or of the show but that was it
1: okay, fair enough that was gonna be my question to you is a was it good and b did you cry
0: it was it was okay uh I can't i, I don't think they I don't think it was great I didn't think it was bad I just thought it was okay um kind kind of shocking man the, the, the guy was in his in real real life uh he was what what who he projected on the on the show uh you know, actually, in real life, I would say he's even better than he projected on the TV show. A pretty amazing guy, actually.
1: Really, I had heard that he was like a super nice guy and everything like that, and the way he treated people and everything.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, he he had people on the show that that worked as on producing the show that. You know they were wild men. You know some of them, you know, were you know clowns, always pl- playing jokes and practical jokes. Some of them were like you know hippies that were partiers and drinkers and smokers and all that. And he got along with everyone. Uh, you know, like whenever they had kids that came on the show that were kind of acting up or, you know, being super hyper, never sent them away. He did, he just worked with them. Um, yeah, just a lot, and I guess a lot of the topics that he taught that he tackled that I didn't really even realize that he did. Uh, yeah. What? What a great guy! It's uh, documentary stopped a little short though in a bunch of spots. Like his one son said, he's like yeah, it's tough, you know, basically being the son of the second incarnation of Christ. That's how good of a guy my dad was. But they didn't go any further than that. You know, and talk about more about that. It's just like no, he really was the person he projected.
1: Interesting. So, would you say check
0: it out? Yeah, check it out. I mean, uh, it was it was okay. If you're if you were a huge uh, Mr. Rogers fan, yeah, definitely see it. But uh, I don't think it's a must see, though.
1: Okay. Well, that's fair enough because I had heard like everybody raving about it. So
0: I don't know why. I I, re- I really don't. Yeah, the, the man, it's just you know they show footage, you know, extras from the show over time, and it just shows him being an incredible man. And in his personal life, he's exactly what he was in the show, like, I didn't get anything new from it, really. I got a couple of new things, but nothing huge, I guess.
1: Nothing groundbreaking or anything like
0: that? Yeah, there's one thing on there that's a little interesting, and that's really it. And I kind of don't want to spoil it for anyone that does see it.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough.
0: But something that I think might make you cry that I also saw... Is I saw that new HBO documentary that came out uh, a week or two ago, uh, produced by Le- LeBron James, called "Student Athlete."
1: Student athlete? I didn't even know that this was a thing.
0: I neither did I. I was just flipping channels as I was, you know, watching my fingers bake from burning them, uh, holding on to my ice pack, and I'm like, "Oh, what's this?" So it was on HBO, so I restarted it. Uh, it's, I didn't even know LeBron James was a part of it until afterwards. I saw the credits. Uh I would be curious to see how you react to it, Nick.
1: How long is it? Uh hour and a half. Okay, so not too long. And it's called, okay, can you give me a premise of what what it's I mean, obviously it's about student athletes, but
0: it tracks four kids in different stages of their life and how the NCAA stuff has affected them. Oh so it's an entire documentary about It's actually about four students and an ex-coach. And a couple other people kind of chime in here and there about what's happening with their lives and their careers because of the NCAA rules and regulations and what these kids have to go through during college because of the NCAA and what happens to them. I don't know if it's going to piss you off or make you cry, to be honest.
1: All right. I, I will watch this show. I will watch this and give you my feedback.
0: But incredibly well done. Uh, I, I thought it was a very good documentary. Very interesting. Um, you know that they, they had an ex uh, Chicago Bears coach on 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 the documentary, uh, John Shoup. You familiar with him?
1: Mm, name rings a bell.
0: Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, very interesting. You should check it out.
1: Okay, I will. I would definitely do that because. Because I just, uh, I got one episode left of Ballers in the season, so I don't know how it ends up. But I watched the episode last night, and, uh, you know, where he's like, I'm going to take on the NCAA and everything like that. And I'm like, get those fuckers! Even though I know it's, uh, you know, completely fake. But it's a TV show, but it's still like, that's, that's kind of my opinion. I'm like, get those motherfucking fuckers.
0: It seems like the... Like, does anyone think the NCAA is run correctly the way it is today? Because uh, I never hear uh, people stand up people for it. The people
1: that work with inside the
0: NCAA. <laughs> exactly. But it's like the entire world knows that the NCAA is corrupt as hell, but it's nothing happened. You know, it's funny, at the very end of the documentary, they played an, a, a, a quote, a soundbite, from the original director of the NCAA uh, that was like in charge from like the 1950s to the 1980s. And ho- uh-huh. or I'm sorry until the 1990s 80s or 90s whatever but the quotes from 94 and holy crap he he'd, he'd chews them out and, he, and and you know he turned he calls the NCAA how it's turned into the plantation st- uh, system where the slave waiver does all the work for free and, and you know gets everything done and uh you know the plantation owners you know the, the 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 management get all the rewards so I'm like wow so this thing the way that this guy said it is you know, the way that NCAA is today, it's that's not how it was intended to be. It was never a cash scan from the beginning.
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean, well, there's so many different things, though. The, like, the NCAA has went through different periods. Because when the NCAA was first, you know, started in regards to college football, those the college football players, those were, like, essentially semi-pro players. You know, mm-hmm. way back, way back then in the early 1900s and stuff like that. And then it became heavily regulated. And, and, you know, it was, it seems like there was a huge period of time, which was the golden age uh, of college athletics. And then there was a point in time, and, you know, now thinking about this in retrospect, the school that I love in Notre Dame, I kind of think they fucked it up. And, and what I mean by that is when Notre Dame signed a, an inc- exclusivity agreement for their home games to be uh, broadcast on NBC, that really became like, oh, my God, these schools are going to get money for broadcast rights. And then it just be you know it snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. And now it's like those broadcast rights. Oh man, they run. They run the game. They they run the show. Oh yeah. So it's it it, it it it's pretty damn crazy, uh, and especially in today's day and age, where you know these college football programs make more money than NFL programs.
0: You know, it's interesting. The NCAA now makes more money than the NFL.
1: Yeah, and that's not surprising to me whatsoever. Now, the NCAA does have 130 teams,
0: and multiple sports. Yeah,
1: and multiple sports, but yeah, yeah, 130 NFL teams, but they have multiple sports, and some uh, um, some sports have more than that. Like I think basketball has more than 130. Uh-huh, because, uh huh. Because a school is more likely to have a basketball team than they are to have a football team, right? But yeah, man. I mean, it is, it is absolutely crazy. But I, I, I I'll, I'll look forward to checking it out.
0: Definitely worth watching. And uh, speaking of football in the NFL, um, I got a hot take on something from the NFL. It's it's, it's brand new, spanking hot take. On okay, su- what do you got on Super Bowl Thirty Eight? From 2004, 2003 season. Okay. (laughs) No, I just saw this and I thought this was hilarious. Do you remember the streaker in that game?
1: No, I'm trying to remember who played in that game. Uh, You said 2004?
0: Yeah, so it was the 2003 season. And that was the New England Patriots against the Panthers.
1: No, I do not remember this.
0: So, pretty cool uh, piece of uh, trivia for, for you. An infamous streaker, Mark Roberts, was sponsored by GoldenPalace.com to streak 30, Super Bowl thirty eight. He was paid $1 million, given front row tickets on the 50-yard line, and provided with one of the best defense attorneys in the United States, who was able to reduce the charges down to misdemeanor and a $1,000 fine. Are you serious? they set that shit up? They goldenpalace.com set that up for a million dollars.
1: That's marketing genius. Isn't it? So I, I don't remember like was he did he have like Golden Palace on his back or something like that?
0: Yeah. I believe that yeah. In, in the videos that, that I have, you can't really see the see the, the logo very well. But yeah, I believe that's what he had.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Watching the, watching the video of him doing it, it's hilarious, too, because the cops can't catch him. He's out running them all. He's, like, you know, ducking and diving and juking, and he's running all over the field. Finally, the players had to grab him and, and they, like, tackle him to the ground.
1: You know what? That's the best thing about anybody. Like, I don't condone people, like, jumping onto the field or anything like that, but that's the best thing about anybody that does that stuff is, like, when the cops can't catch him.
0: Yeah, it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> it is so fucking funny, man. It's so funny.
0: All right, man. Well, you have a good night and we will talk next week.
1: All right, man. You too.
0: All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Drive safe, everybody.